Hi, everybody. This is Jazz After Dark. Oh, my God! note that my voice is not what it usually is, which is to say disruptive and loud. Uh, That's partially because I spent some time getting upset at the jazz over the Thanksgiving break. It's also partially due to no reason that I can figure out. Doesn't matter. Here it is. I'm sure a lot of people are quite pleased with the fact that they can't hear me at full volume, and I understand. I do want to talk about a few things. Number one, I wanted to talk about Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving and uh, hopefully a Thanksgiving break for, for any of you who are lucky enough to get that time off. I had about five or six days off. It was nice. It was good to have the time to uh, rehab my knee and basically lay down and watch the jazz uh, struggle and suffer, among other things. But it was good. So hopefully you guys all had a very good Thanksgiving week. Uh, what, what did we miss? Well, since the last time we recorded, I was supposed to record with some co-hosts, which is namely to say Jared, Ann, and Mac. And the reason that didn't happen is, uh, well, there's a, I'd say there's a few reasons. Number one is that it was Thanksgiving week, and so a lot of us were just frankly too busy to be doing much recording in the evenings. Uh, second reason would be that there was some disagreement on a few things and some upset. And I think that's largely been handled. That happens when you have multiple people on single conversations, as I'm sure most of you have experienced yourselves. I digress. At the time of the last recording, the Jazz had not played the Bucks yet. By the time the recording released, they had, but it didn't have the opportunity to discuss the 122-118 to loss. Considering that we were without our anchor, Rudy Gobert, I think it was actually a pretty good game. And it's been covered in the time since, but the Bucks' loss was not the worst thing that the Jazz could have experienced. And I think a lot of good came from it. It's probably the best kind of loss that a team can have. Yes, Giannis scored 50 points and snarled and flexed and all that kind of bullshit that people think is so charming that I find fucking repugnant. He also travels all the time, and he is an offensive foul powerhouse, but apparently if you're really, really good and strong and athletic, those things can be overlooked. I blame the refs for a great deal of that, and let's face it, the NBA refs are fucking blowhards. The Pacers' loss, which is 121-102, to was tough, primarily because I didn't think the Jazz gave it enough effort. To be honest, I think that game was theirs to win, and when they didn't, it was disappointing. They beat the Grizzlies 103-94, to and that was nice. It was a good win, only to be followed up with a horrendous first half against the Toronto Raptors, where the Jazz were outscored by about 1,000 points. Uh, not, a good, not a good showing. In fact, that was probably the worst half of basketball I can ever recall. Worse even, dare I say, than the Dallas game. Regardless, it was, uh, it was terrible. Not a good look, and I don't like losing those kind of games where the Jazz are clearly their own worst enemy. So many turnovers in that first half, so much bad defense. And to boot, the Raptors were killing it. They were playing very, very well. So I think those two things combined led to an absolute blowout. And Siakam was quite good. You can't deny that that guy's got a lot of skill. Tonight, on Monday, the 2nd of December, they play the 76ers. Now, I want the 76ers to lose as much as I want the Jazz to win, meaning that I want Embiid and Ben Simmons in particular to be obliterated and embarrassed. Seeing Embiid go 0 for 11 to score 0 points earlier this last week was basically a gift for all of us. He's a clown, he's an asshole, he's a prick, he's a fucking arrogant douchebag, and I don't like him. I don't like his game, 
and I don't like when he wins. Ben Simmons, it's been well reported, is a cunt, so I don't like him either. So, do we have a chance to win tonight? Not if the same Jazz shows up tonight that showed up at the Raptors game. There's no chance there, but we'll see. Hopefully, with any luck, the Jazz can actually pull it together. That does require things happening. We'll get to some of those in a minute. It does mean that Joe Ingles has to play better. It does mean that Donovan Mitchell has to lead this team. And it does mean, potentially, that Moutier steps aside and Exum fills his shoes. More on that in a minute. So the Jazz end a five-game road streak here. And we'll see if they win or lose four Three? Who knows? They win tonight. It's two wins and three losses, and that's fairly acceptable. Keep in mind, the Jazz are still 12-8. and eight. It's quite the winning record at this point. And we may be, I believe, sixth right now in the West, but that's a far cry from dangerous. We have played a total of 20 games. There are 62 left. Everybody needs to calm down. Now, does that mean that we're going to continue to do uh, poorly? No. Does that mean that we will all of a sudden do well? No. There's a lot remaining on on uh, what happens with this team. We'll see. Tonight, I don't expect a win because I think they're tired and I think they need to regroup. But Wednesday at the Lakers game, which I will be present at if anybody would like to see me, they can send a tweet to my, uh, my tweeter. That's another word for vagina. I think it was when I was in high school back in the 90s. Tweet me if you want to meet me. I don't know if that's been said before, but I think I'd like to actually coin that phrase if possible. Sounded fun to say anyway. I'll be at the Lakers game on 12-4, which is Wednesday, and I hope to God that we slay the Lakers because if there's one thing I don't like, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. And if it's, there's two things I don't like, it's their fans and the Los Angeles Lakers. And if there's three things I don't like, it is pecan pie, Los Angeles Lakers fans, and the Los Angeles Lakers. So if I can have none of those things succeed on Wednesday, it will be a pretty good day for me. A lot of talk over the ineffective play of Emmanuel Moutier. I get it. At times he shows flashes of brilliance, but for the most part he is a backup point guard. He hasn't been horrible, contrary to what a lot of people are saying. He hasn't been super effective either, and I think that he's barely what we need, really. We need Mike Conley to play better, although he's not playing as poorly as I think people think. But we need Mike Conley to play better, and we need Emmanuel Moutier to either step up or get out of the way. Now, some people believe that there is a concentrated effort for... Quinn Snyder uh, on his behalf rather to not play Dante Exum. Is that true? I have no idea. I couldn't care less. The idea that we have any clue as to what goes on behind the scenes is laughable. We are fans, and even with the insights we're given from the wonderful Jones and Larsons and uh, Checkets and all those people out there, we still don't know shit about what happens between the coach and the players unless it is openly admitted to by said coach and players. I don't think Quinn Snyder has it out for Dante Exum. I think he wants Exum to, ex to succeed. And I think he wants Exum to succeed so that the Jazz can succeed. But Exum is injury prone. Exum is inconsistent. So we will see what happens. I would like very much to see him play and to play very well. I would like very much to see him play well enough that he earns a spot as backup point guard. I think that would be fantastic, especially if he's contributing to the point where we can actually rely on him. At this time, when we make a rotation shift, the bench scares the shit out of me. There's just not much depth. Having Ed Davis back has been a dream. 
No, it's not been a great dream, right? It's not a Cindy Crawford 1993 dream, but it's been a good dream. It's been nice to have Ed Davis back because we get competence where that has been significantly lacking. We get someone who's hungry to actually go for the ball, and that's been lacking. So it's, it's been a good thing to have him back, I think. It would be wonderful to see him paired up with a guard of prominence or someone who can actually take it in the hole, someone who can defend, and someone who can make a mid-range to an outside shot. And I think Dante Exum has showed enough of that capability that it's fair to give him another shot here as a legitimate minutes guy. But he's also shown plenty of opportunity to succeed when he has otherwise not done. We've seen him be very inconsistent, and I think that this whole concept of Exum Island is a very strange thing. Like, who deserves their own island? That's kind of a horseshit take, I think. I think that it's silly that somebody would say that Exum Island is a real thing. Exum is a very skilled athlete with great length and the ability to do a lot on the floor. What has he done to warrant his own island? This is where I blame the fanatic. This is where I blame people who call Joe Ingles the GOAT, who think that Bogdanovich, who, by the way, has been a wonderful addition, and I don't think any of us foresaw him being as good as he's been, but he's also not Jesus Christ, so let's uh, pump the brakes a little bit on that, should we? To top it off, I think that what we need from Dante Exum is just someone who can actually give Donovan Mitchell a break without dropping too much gas. If we can continue to push through those rotation minutes without cringing, I think that'll be very helpful. So far, at this point, I look at our bench and, and I kind of feel like it's the weakest we've had in a long time. And I know we had to sacrifice some of that in order to get what we have, which is the payoff there. Maybe, we'll see. Mike Conley and Bogdanovich are wonderful additions to the team, but we've seen so much struggles that we didn't anticipate. Dark Horse wasn't even the, the terminology being used. People largely thought that the Jazz would just absolutely crush it this year. And at this point, 12 and 8, we've not seen that as much as we'd hoped. So the idea that they are failing is kind of silly. They've just lost some games that maybe they shouldn't have lost, and they've lost some pretty spectacularly. Watching the Lakers lose was, was quite grand, and hopefully their, uh, their exposed nature of only beating a couple of 500 teams, only playing a couple of 500 teams, rather, will uh, bite them in the ass because frankly I want to see that team destroyed it just feels good I'm not a huge Mavericks fan I never have been I think that uh, Luca is legit and I I don't care much for Porzingis but I always kind of had a soft spot for uh, big tall and ugly Dirk Nowitzki I always kind of liked him and I thought that it was uh, it was a decent enough team and watching them beat the heat some years ago was quite satisfying to me so it was good to see them beat the Lakers. What I want to see now is for 500-plus teams to slaughter the Lakers or at least give them a run for their money. I want to see what the Lakers are made of because right now I think they're made of bullshit and bandwagon fans and having the greatest player of the modern era and a tall motherfucker with stupid eyebrows doesn't necessarily qualify them to be the best team in the league if I'm to have anything to say of it, and I'm not. So there it is. Something that does interest me is seeing some of these games like Golden State versus Atlanta, two teams that have won four games. Four games. The New York Knicks have won four games. When is the last time the Knicks were good? Was John Starks on the team? That might have been the case. I find it fascinating. This has been a year of great parody so far. It's been good. It's been very, very interesting. And, and for the most part, I think it's quite fascinating. 
Let's move on to something I don't like, and that is James Harden. James Harden scored 60 points, and the collective dick-sucking from the media ensued. I get it. 60 points in three quarters is quite amazing. But you've got a guy who is untouchable, and that is at the behest of the refs. You've got a guy who manipulates the system and I think travels quite frequently and does a lot of offensive fouling, like that Greek bastard. You know what? I don't like it. I know very few people, if any, personally, that actually like to watch Harden play. They don't like his game, they don't like his style, and they don't like his flopping bitch moves. I don't care that he's an extremely good basketball player. I acknowledge that. I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. I don't like that he flexes. I don't like that his beard smells like probably the worst butthole in the world. He's a fucking idiot. I don't like him. And I don't give a shit how many points he scores. At what point do we look at that and say, yeah, but you're just another player? And he's not just another player. I don't mean in that regard. But he has yet to bring anything to his team beyond a couple of entries into the West Coast playoffs. He plays at the behest of his own desire to score and largely at the expense of other players on the team. He thrives on the fact that he's given more leeway, perhaps, than anyone else in the league, with the exception, possibly, of the Greek freak. And maybe, I don't know, maybe LeBron. I'm not an expert on this. This is just my observation. I think Harden is the bitch of the NBA, which means that a lot of people like him, and he's, he's kind of a piece of shit. I don't like the flexing thing. I mean, I've, I'm coming back to that because I think it's silly. You know, you got these NBA players that snarl and flex, and it makes me wonder if they don't want to look like they are giant beasts that are trying to eat the opponents, then uh, why are they doing that? Or do they only want to look at that, look like that when it's convenient, which is my suspicion. If you were to, to call them out on it, of course, you'd be labeled as some kind of racist or whatever. But I'm talking about every player, regardless of color or whatever else. I think they look stupid when they do it. I Even my own team, I don't like when Gobert flexes. I think he looks like an idiot. I think it's like, oh, look how huge your muscles are, sinewy man at 7-1. Got it. Whatever. The snarl. I just don't like the snarl. Sometimes I like when Donovan looks pissed off because I genuinely believe it's pissed off. I think that, uh, and if you look on ESPN right now, you'll see that the power rankings show a snarling uh, Giannis. And you know what? It's stupid. He looks like an idiot. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's probably a decent guy. That's part of the reason I don't like the snarl, because it seems phony. It seems like fanfare. Hey, look, everybody, look what I'm doing. How happy are you? Do you feel good? Do you feel excited that I'm doing this? No, I don't. I think you look like an idiot, and I think when you flex, I'm very impressed by your muscles. That must be really, really hard when you're paid millions and millions and millions of dollars and have people making your meals and training you all day, every day, to look like that. Jeez, it's got to be tough. Ryan Reynolds has that same burden, you poor bastards. I just don't care for it. This idea of, look how great I am, watch me flex, I'm the fucking man. It's a team sport, you cunts. Still a team sport. I miss the days when it was more about the team. And I think it's been that way for a long time. Uh, It was about the team for a long time, rather. And I miss the idea that it wasn't about this showboating at all times. I think football is even worse. Every time somebody is tackled for anything more than maybe 
maybe a two-yard gain. They pop up and shake their head like a bobblehead and then act as if they just saved the president from a bomb. They look like a bunch of fucking children that are bragging about how tall the Lego tower is they built. Lego towers fall down, you fucking bastards. It just looks silly. I would prefer more integrity. I would prefer more humility. These guys are obviously extremely talented, skilled individuals, the best in the world. I don't think anybody has to disagree with that. And I understand that you see what you see and so you mimic it. And I understand that when you're on top and you're feeling it, you get driven and you you're, you may react in a way that seems uh, appropriate. I think it's foolish. I think it's dumb. I think it looks stupid. I think celebrating to that extent is ridiculous. These guys dunk and get a foul call, and they act as though they just shot a four-pointer while doing a backflip while writing a love note to somebody's grandmother. You dunked the ball because you were right there, and you got fouled by someone barely on the wrist, and then you flexed like you're fucking Stallone at the end of Cliffhanger. I don't remember if he flexes at the end. He flexes throughout that movie, though. Look, the machismo is cool and all, but it's got to go, at least a little bit. Just let your game do the talking, and by that I mean get the and one, but get to the foul line and shoot your shot. Celebrate after the game. Flex in front of the mirror. If you think that selling shoes and selling your identity as somebody who's flexing is cool, you're setting up younger people to do the same dumbass moves you're doing. Have more integrity than that. You're fucking professionals. I don't know if I would flex under those circumstances. Maybe I would. It's easy to say when I'm on this side of it. But I would like to believe, based on the successes that I have had in life, that I wouldn't just automatically flex every time I did something great. Who knows? Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. I don't care! So two more things before I let you all go. Number one, I've recently taken to Twitter to say that I would like to be more kind and I would like to be less judgmental, and I would like to be more forgiving. I think that's fair, and here's why. I've given a good amount of thought to how quickly I say things. I don't tweet for other people. I don't tweet because I think I'm funny. I say things because they come to me instantly, and that's how I process things. I have significant ADHD, which means I'm watching 30 televisions and paying attention to each of them with equal, full attention. But my ability to discern and then uh, deliver or differentiate between all that information, hand it to somebody to communicate it accurately is very, very poor. So the average person maybe watches three or four TVs at any given time in their head and they can say with some confidence what they're watching on each of these four TVs. Well, I can watch all 30 TVs with perfect attention, but my ability to communicate what I'm watching on any of them, let alone one or two or three or four like the average person, is pretty much nil. It's something that I've tried to overcome my entire life, and it's very difficult. Other sufferers of ADHD, particularly those with significant ADHD, may be able to understand better where I'm coming from with this. That is to say that I'm very, very quick on my feet, but I don't always make the right judgments. In fact, I would dare say that oftentimes I don't, and I'm kind of tired of doing that at the expense of other people. I think it's a shitty thing of me to do. It doesn't change how I feel about things or people. I still think that Lakers fans are by and large bandwagon dipshits who love the team until there's a team close enough to love that isn't them. I still think that McCade's takes are childish a lot of the time. I still don't think it's even remotely funny that nobody called Gale 
and that Derek Fisher lied three times and that not to be dramatic but I'm going to chop my balls off and serve them in the stew if the Jazz don't get a six pointer I'm going to call that shit out as I see fit because that's how I cope with everything humor whether it's funny to anybody or not is the way that I see life through that lens but I want to be more fair and I want to be more kind and so I'm working on it we'll see how it goes don't expect much but wouldn't it be great The other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, I received a DM recently from somebody who, for whatever reason, dove into their personal past at great lengths to tell me all about their alcoholism and about a number of other things that caused them duress, and they are still trying every single day, and they still follow the jazz, and they're trying to be friends with everybody, and I just want them to know, publicly, if that's what this is, that I think that they are pretty brave and that I support them 100%. It's got to be tough. I've had my own issues, and I've appreciated the support that I've received when I've received it. I don't want to be the kind of person that doesn't acknowledge that. So good for them, and I think that's great. I also received a DM with somebody who clearly listened to the show that said, Do you want a dick pic? I do not. Okay? I don't even want to see pictures of my own dick, which is why I don't take pictures of my own dick, let alone pictures of other people's. I'm not turned on by the male appendage. I don't like it. I don't like seeing it. Okay? So please don't send me a dick pic. And if you do, please understand that you will probably get something back a thousand times worse. We'll figure out what that is should the time come. I hope it doesn't. Every day been working so hard. Lastly, I would like to say that there are a great many of you that are good people. And I appreciate you. There are some of you that are absolute fuck toasters, and I'm trying my best to appreciate what I can of you. Let's see where the jazz can go with this. When we return home, I suspect that we'll have a lot better opportunity to succeed. We've got games coming up that are winnable. I really think we do. What we have now, ahead of us at least, is not too shabby. We've got the Lakers on the 4th, and that'll be a tough game to win. But after that, we've got Memphis on the 7th, Oklahoma City on the 9th, and we've got Minnesota, and then Golden State, and then Orlando, and then Atlanta, and then Charlotte, and then Miami. And that wraps us up all the way through the, uh, the Christmas holiday. Very, very winnable games, and so I'd like to see those won. In fact, the rest of the month, I really don't see much of a threat outside of potentially the Lakers. Well, tonight against the 76ers, but the Lakers and the Clippers. And I think those are going to be our two hardest games. It's entirely likely that at the end of this month we are seeing a radically different, even improved, win-loss. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You'll be hearing from me plenty. I'm still trying to get my hosts, co-hosts back on the show. We'll see what happens. And by back on the show, I mean on the show for the first time. It's hard enough to get these people to respond to a fucking text, so who knows what'll happen. My name is Matt. I go by the Gary the Unicorn. This has been Jazz After Dark. Yeah.